God, I thank you so very much that you've not left us on our own, um, stumbling around in this world without any help. But Lord, not only did you send your son, Jesus Christ, for us, but also you've given us your word that we might come to know you, that we might come to speak your language. I thank you for that. Help us to understand what we read today and help us to walk away changed. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So, uh, language. Language is uh, it's a tool. Humans, one of the things that separates us from a lot of animals is that we like to use tools. We create tools, we use tools, um, and language is a tool. And uh, there's lots of uh, funny different ways that we use language. Some of you may have seen the YouTube video of the young girl who's talking about an online chat about um, a video game and she was chatting with somebody in England and she was like, and I speak, I'm fluent in American and this, we had a language barrier because he said that the, he couldn't get the game because the game was 15 pounds. And I was like, why is the game so heavy? (laughs) And there's been people that have posted responses, you know, British people have posted response YouTube videos. I don't recommend all of them for language and whatnot, but, but language is kind of funny. You can have a language barrier and language can be, uh, the words that we use. And we would say, for example, English is a language. Uh, and then there are dialects within that language, right? In Baltimore, there are multiple dialects, right? Um, and so that would be kind of your word choice. But I want to use this word a little bit more broadly and to talk about the way in which we communicate. There is an art and a science to it, and it can be nonverbal as well, right? So, uh, you know, for some, might see me um, and, you know, walk up to me from a distance or greet me, walk past, and I'd get like a... Right? And for different ones of you, it might be more. (laughs) That might be due to your racial, you know, culture where you come from or whatever, you know, like, I know I'm alright if I get a, you know, right? Some of you know what I'm talking about. Sometimes uh, uh, language between a couple of people can also be like, you know, the secret handshake, right? It's my imaginary friend here, right? We got it. I mean, whatever, like, you're, 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 you know what I'm saying, right? And you know somebody, you go to greet somebody, you're like, man, I don't know your handshake. <laughs> so you can have a language. We've mentioned before the Mark Twain quote, uh, true friendship is when silence is comfortable. Uh, the more you know another person, the more you know what they mean when they say, sometimes, not all the time, uh, but also the more you have an understanding of who they are. You have experienced relationship. And so between the two of you, there's a, there's a dialogue, there's a vocabulary. There's a, I don't, I don't have to say, um, um, is the food hot? I'm, I don't mean like hot, hot. I mean like hot. You, right? Like spicy temperature, right? For some, you have a vocabulary between your, your friends and people that are close to you. They know what you mean when you say something. Right? Like Chiquetta just sharing part of her story. Like those of us that know her and articulate lab technician, we know that today she's telling her story. She's telling her story in the way that she's telling her story because she's comfortable with her family. Yeah. Right? There's a language. With, with Ronald Brooks, the language that I will recognize again when I see him in heaven is the eyebrows. Right? A lot of times Ronald would communicate with me with his eyebrows and not his words. <laughs> 
and sometimes my brother Brian Beach and I, the three of us, we, we spent a lot of time together, and sometimes I'd get like some communication from Ron that Brian didn't pick up on, but I picked up on what the eyebrows meant. <laughs> so we can have language, right? You can have language. It can be experiential. It can be relational. For example, when Ray and I say we're going to get coffee, we might mean something different than what you mean. Jesus' words, which we looked at just a couple of weeks ago, I want to come back to and unpack a part of them that we did not the last time. Jesus said this, if you remain in me, or your translation might say abide, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. Now, for us as when we are infants in our relationship with Christ, and you, you, you come into a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, it, it really is like human development. You are an infant at first. You mess your diapers, you're dependent on other people, like there's a start process, right? There is a learning a language in your relationship with God. And the way that God has created us, it's, it's at the beginning, it's very uh, natural and intuitive, but it doesn't take too much time and you start to realize that you need to grow in your vocabulary. You need to grow in your ability to communicate to God. You need to grow in your ability to receive communication from God. Are you with me? Amen. Right? So it can be intuitive. And what I love about God is that because of Jesus Christ, it doesn't make one person better or more valuable than another person how much time they've spent to learn God's vocabulary. God's vocabulary does not make you a more valuable person. Amen? Amen. Right? We're all created in the image of God. Right? So, But as we grow and as we mature, there is a growing in our relationship with God that should be natural, and that really doesn't happen just by ourselves. Now, some of it happens by solo activity, but really for best results, like, you know, roll the toothpaste tube up from the bottom, it happens in community with others. And in particular, even outside of this room, which is why we do small groups, when we are following God together on specific subjects so that we can grow together, so that there is a time and a space to freely ask questions, freely be honest about, man, I just don't get it. Are you with me? Right? So there is a growth that should occur. And I I think that particularly in our American culture, as my Canadian friends don't like that we, you know, uh, United States, America. It's all North America and South America. But in our American culture, what is esteemed is just, hey, you're going to feel good. Whatever you think is best is right. And you don't need to learn anything. You know, you're a wonderful person. You're special. You can be whatever you want to be. Not all of that is true. Not all of that is helpful. Yeah? And God did design us for learning, which is why I strongly believe that Christianity is not something where you should check your brain at the door. No, God gave us an intellect, and we are supposed to use that intellect, right? It should be, your Christianity should be a whole person experience. Now I know for some of us, we come to church for different reasons. For some of us, we come to church so that we can feel like we are a better person. For some of us, we come to church for information. For some of us, we come to church for inspiration. Some of us come to church because we have been transformed. And it's just our way of saying thank you. Honestly, I don't care why you came. I'm glad you're here. I think God wants to do all of those things on the inside of you. I want to bring your attention, Luke chapter 11, 
the disciples come to this moment where they say to Jesus, teach us how to pray. Now, these were, by and large, people that were born of Hebrew ethnicity that went to Hebrew school, much like some Baltimore citizens do today, and they learned from the Old Testament, and they learned the book of prayer, which was Psalms, 150 different prayers of different authors, different origins. And yet, they observed in Jesus Christ something different, something unique, that caused them to say, teach us to pray. And I want to be mindful of Jesus' response He said, this is how you should pray. And in this church, we've done a series on the Lord's Prayer multiple times. And you can easily find the on the website. I'm not going to do that again now, but I'm just going to refer to it. And I put on the screen a sentence that I want you to consider today that's a little bit of our thesis. So our, our title is Language, our topic for today and for next Sunday. And we're talking about today and next Sunday praying the Scripture. That's our our basic theme. But this is the thesis that I'm working from. The teaching of Jesus Christ includes a prayer that is answering God within the context of who God is. His language and His words found in Scripture. Now, we've recently um, remembered Martin Luther, the 500th anniversary of nailing the 95 Thesis on the, the door of the church, which has helped us universally gain complete access to Scripture, not feel like we need to be dominated by a clergy that's the only ones that know how to read the Scripture, get away from bad doctrine like you can pay money to have your sins forgiven, get away from bad doctrine like your salvation is dependent on your behavior. It helped us come to a place of understanding that we are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ and the importance of the Scripture, and the importance of grace, and the importance of Jesus Christ. And I'm thankful for that. But I find that most people haven't read much of Martin Luther, and here's a couple things that he said that I think would be helpful to you. He said that every Christian should memorize the book of Romans. We'll put that on the shelf for a later time. (laughs) And he said that we should pray the Lord's Prayer Riffing. If we were to modern uh, translate in a modern way what his extensive writings on the subject, that we should riff on the Lord's Prayer. And I'll just briefly describe what he means by that. So we take the pattern. Some of you may have learned it when you were a child. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Right? What's next? Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Now, I refer to that as a power tool. It is a tool in that it is language, and it is a pattern that Jesus gave us that is useful for daily prayer. And Martin Luther recommended that we would riff on it, meaning you could start your prayer with, Our Father who art in heaven, you could start with, God, you are good. Or if I take a a, a true translation of the words of Christ, Daddy God, who is up there, (laughs) beyond my problems in this world, Daddy God who is in heaven, who is in control, you are good. Let your name be lifted up. Or as Peter wrote, let nothing take the place of you in my heart. I can riff on the Lord's Prayer. And we we have deconstructed it, to use a modern chef word right now, in the past, and what you would find is that if you take apart the Lord's Prayer, that every element of the Lord's Prayer is found in the Psalms. 
Much scholarly work shows that Jesus prayed the Psalms. And many denominations have prayer books that would help you in a month or in a quarter or in a year pray through all 150 Psalms. And I would recommend today that whatever you're feeling, arrogance, lust, anger, pride, discouragement, pain, grief, whatever you're feeling, find a Psalm and pray it. It's helpful. It's helpful to you to pray a psalm. The teaching of Jesus Christ includes a prayer that is answering God within the context of who God is, his language and his words found in scripture. Now, the importance of scripture is high. <laughs> it makes a big difference. Some of you see Fairly often in social media, I post a link to an article about how we got the canon of Scripture, the 66 books that we have. It's a 24-page article. I recommend that you read it. You may start to look at the Bible as a little bit more important, as a little bit more valuable. We get from Psalm 119, a, a beautiful poem that follows the Hebrew alphabet, a couple of important phrases. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. What I have found in my experience is that people that are reading the Bible every day find an easier time in finding freedom from addiction. Psalm 119.105, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light to my path. Did you know that almost every main thing you've got going on in your life, there's a scripture that's relevant to that activity? For me as a father, there is a bunch of scripture that is relevant to that activity. Managing my finances. There is a bunch of scripture that is relevant to that activity. I'm going to pick up and talk briefly about your salvation. I'm going to start when talking about praying the scripture with looking at this passage from Romans 10, 9 through 13. I have it on the screen to make it a little easier for us today. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. As the scripture tells us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. That's from Isaiah 28.6. Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It's a selection from the prophecy in Joel chapter 2, which Peter quoted in Acts chapter 2. If you pay attention to the stories that we find in Scripture and to what the followers of Jesus did and to what Jesus did in their prayers, they often referenced the Scripture. They referenced it in their conversation. They referenced it in their prayers. They did not do so to make them a more valuable person than other people. And they did not do so in such a way that would make other people feel that they are less than. Where do we get that phrase, Bible thumper? From people who feel like somebody who quotes scripture makes them feel less than them. If that's what is happening and what comes out of your mouth, stop it. And don't tell them you come to this church. The words of God should give life. They should be encouragement. They should be helpful. They should be a tool in your hand that is constructive, not destructive. Are you with me? So as this, we see this in this, and and 
If you have not had a moment in your life where you believed in your heart and you confessed with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that salvation is possible because of His resurrection life, please do so. Please do so in full faith. It's kind of important. Are you with me? You don't just, I've been a Christian all my life. I just, I just grew up in it. I just, you know, I don't know. I just kind of eased my way. No. There is a moment of demarcation. There is a moment in your life where you come to full faith. There is a moment in your life where you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. That is, according to the word, salvation. Now, I don't believe that it's magic words that does it. Hear me out, right? And it's not just, oh, if you just say it, then you're good and you can live however the you want to. We don't believe that. It is a personal interaction that is involves transformation in your life. Jesus referred to it as new birth. And let's look at the words of Christ. This is how Jesus described it. John chapter 3, verses 16 and 17 from the New Living. For God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. And I want to use this verse as an example of something that you can pray at any one initial moment and every day of your life. Trust me, if you are stressed, if you are discouraged, if you are down in the mouth, praying this prayer will lift your spirit. It will have a positive effect upon you. You can pray the words of Christ. Here's how. I believe, God, I believe that what you said is true. I believe that you loved our world so much. I believe that you loved us so much. That's why you sent Jesus, your one and only son. I believe that you sent Jesus so that everyone who believes in him will not perish and have eternal life. I'm feeling better right now just praying it. Am I making any sense? This does not make me a better person than anybody else. But it does encourage my faith. It does engage my spirit. We've talked before about faith confessions and the value of that. And I've talked before about how saying something doesn't make it true. Like I might be a Ravens fan and I might say, hey, the sky is purple. That doesn't mean that it's true. Right? When I speak the words of God and I speak truth, there is power in that statement. Are you with me? It's a very important distinction. And so when I pray, God, I believe that no matter what's going on in my life, God, I believe that no matter what my bank account says, God, I believe that no matter what difficulty I'm experiencing at work, God, I believe that no matter what the murder rate is in Baltimore, God, I believe that no matter what challenges I face, That you loved us so much that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross that we could be forgiven of sins, that we could have eternal life. You can pray that. And if you're getting around judging Christians, you can pray the rest of it too. God, I believe that you sent your son into the world not to judge the world, but you sent Jesus to save the world. That's really good. I think that's really good. Check this out. The moment that we are born again by the Spirit through faith in Jesus Christ, 
That spirit shows us that we are not simply God's subjects, but also his children. And we can converse with him as our father. Jesus gave us, and in that street Greek, he said in his prayer, Daddy God. That was that Abba word. Daddy God. We are his children. When you talk with God and when you pray the scripture, you are his child. Let the truth bring you to life. You see the passages on the screen, John and Galatians. I want to just make some very specific statements to us this morning, and I'm going to put them on the screen today for your consideration. The knowledge of God for instinctive prayer comes intuitively and generally through nature. Some of us, we get outside and we just freely worship God, we love God, we experience the presence of God outdoors. It doesn't take education, it doesn't take training, it doesn't take mentoring, it just flows, right? What Christians know about God comes with verbal specificity through the words of the scripture and its main message, the gospel. Here's what I believe about the Bible. It is perfect in its revelation of Jesus. You hear me? It is perfect in its revelation of Jesus and God's story, which is in a redemptive narrative that God would redeem us. Some of you will be thinking about that for a while. The gospel. That's how we get that verbal specificity. In the Bible, God's living word, we can hear God speaking to us and we respond in prayer. Though we should not call this simply a response. Through the word and spirit, prayer becomes answering God a full conversation. It's a dialogue. It's a conversation. All prayer is responding to God. In all cases, God is the initiator. Hearing always precedes asking. God comes to us first or we would never reach out to him. Now, I believe this is true if you are a a Christian in this room who has read things in the scripture, been taught things, heard things in classes or on Sundays, and that is what gave you the faith to talk to God. I also believe this is true of people that live in places that have never heard the name of Jesus, that have never heard the scriptures, but God has communicated to them through nature, through his creation. There's scripture to back this up. It is God who gives us an ability to respond to him, to be in relationship to him, with him, to communicate with him. It's God that gives us that ability. But if we really think about it, if we really think about it, we didn't start this relationship. I mean, it, it's, it's cool, you know, early on you're, you're telling your story, to, I found Jesus and I made a decision. God found you long time ago. God has been reaching out to you. I believe that God speaks just as clearly to us as he does to people who are not yet believers. And I believe that they hear him. And some of the most spiritual conversations I've been around have been in bars and have been around people that are intoxicated and people that are high as a kite. But something is going on in their spirit and they are bemoaning their state and how they're trying to self-medicate. And they're hearing the voice of God and they're answering the voice of God. And they'll talk to me about what God is saying to them. Now, hear me out. I don't think that sin benefits. It makes you easier for you to talk to God. That's not what I'm talking about, right? 
But what I am talking about is we should be careful in how we relate to people that don't know Jesus, don't look right, dress right, smell right, talk right. We should be careful not to get distracted or say things about external behavior or appearances because what's happening on the inside is that God may be speaking to them. Oh, man, that's good. Personal encounter, a true connection, knowing and being known. Not only to share ideas, but to share ourselves. Communication, a two-way personal revelation, and a dynamic encounter. That is prayer. Prayer is continuing a conversation that God has started through His Word and His grace, which eventually becomes a full encounter with Him. Look at, look at this passage from Peter, Pastor James, the pastor of the Jerusalem church, writing to Jewish believers that had spread out. He writes these words, In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son. The radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of His being. Think about the way John expressed it. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And God said, let there be light. Jesus is the voice of God in a very true and spiritual sense. When you interact with Jesus and when you have a personal relationship with Jesus, you are engaging with the words of God because the words of God are not just words, they are also action. Because when God speaks, it happens. Okay, that may be a little too deep for this morning, but that was really good. Listen, what am I trying to say? What I'm trying to say is that think about your spiritual life like your natural life in this respect. When a baby is in the mother's womb, it can hear what's going on outside. It is aware of emotional distress and joy. It is already learning vocabulary. It is already absorbing language. It is already aware of the atmosphere that it is in. Early development professionals have great studies about how we learn language, right? We as infants are learning language long before our parents get a clue. My 14-year-old daughter's here in the front row. Let me tell you, the first time a complete sentence came out of her mouth, I was like, whoa. She was thinking about stuff way before I thought she was, right? We learn language from those that we are around. The scriptures Give us a language of who God is, who he is, what he has done, what he has said. And it gives us a better idea of how we can respond. Think about what I referred to in the Lord's Prayer and every theme being found in the Psalms and the many, many believers that have prayed the 150 Psalms, either monthly or quarterly or daily. That my time is up. Two books that have, for more than a year, been on the book table that I recommend on this subject that are very helpful. Eugene Peterson, The Psalms as a Tool to Prayer. Great, very accessible book, and starts off with talking about this analogy that I'm using about language. Very helpful. Timothy Keller, his book on prayer. It's just called Prayer. I try to always have a copy back there for you to take for free. This is, and I've read a lot of books about prayer. If you're going to get one, I'd say get this one. 
If you're going to get one, this is one of the most complete, well-rounded, accessible, and yet deep, and covers a wide variety of resting in your salvation. And, and, and can you be silent and be in prayer? Yes. Talks about it. And some, some of what we read and talked about today that come from this book. I recommend it. it. Here's what I can tell you. This is about your relationship with Jesus. That's what it's about. And I gave you a couple of examples today of scriptures that you can pray that are very encouraging. I want to leave you with a very simple thought today. This week, today, have a conversation with God over a scripture. Just riff on it. Take a phrase, a very simple phrase, like God so loved the world, like we did earlier. Just riff on it. And if you're, you're feeling something that's not expressed, go to the fast food section of the Bible, that's the middle. Get into the Psalms, flip through them until you find a Psalm that expresses what you're feeling. And on this day, as we prayed for Ronald Brooks' family and his passing, let me give you one that I'm praying. Psalm 116 and verse 15. The Lord cares deeply when His loved ones die. The Lord cares deeply when His loved ones die. I turn to Jesus. I see Jesus wept. Even before He raised someone from the dead. We don't serve a God that is above us and indifferent to what we feel. I can pray today, God, I believe that you care deeply when your loved ones die. That is a helpful prayer. Are you with me? That is a helpful prayer to us as a church family. Have a conversation with God over a scripture. Let's stand and close in prayer. You want to play? God, I thank you so very much that you love us with such perfect love, patient love, faithful love, kind love. I thank you, God, that you're not looking for perfection out of us. You are bringing our faith to perfection. I thank you, God, that you never turn us away. I thank you, Lord Jesus, when you were on this earth, you said, oh, the faith of children. If we would all have just faith of children, I thank you that following you is not complicated. We don't get graded on it. And yet it's a relationship we can grow in. We can grow in our understanding of who you are. And your thoughts toward us. Help us this week. Lord, to pray through your word. Your word, Jesus Christ. Your vocabulary, your words. Help us, Lord. I thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.